is the LGBTQ plus community facing a sexual and ideological catch-22? I think they are. Welcome to On My Walk, the reading podcast that helps you capture reading's aha moments and apply them to your life and leadership. Recently, I got critiqued for my critique of the Equality Act. I wrote a post on my devotional site, Don't Ask the Fish, entitled, I Appeal to Caesar. Now, the essence of that post was that, while the word equality in H.R. 5, the Equality Act, sounds very nice, very unifying, very kumbaya-ish, it's actually anything but equal, as the legislation cannot help but stifle freedom of speech and freedom of religion as we have known both here in the United States. Now, some people, they think that by opposing the Equality Act, I'm actually opposing transgender people, and that is not true. And while I don't agree with transgenderism, my disagreement does not mean that I'm against people who identify as such. But In a society driven by the psychology of self, in a society that makes expressive individualism driven by emotivism the guide as to what's right and wrong, when objective truth based on a transcendent source, God, is dismissed out of hand, there is no room for disagreement. Either you agree with me or you're a bigot. Such is the world in which we live. As I think about my detractor this morning, an avowed homosexual, I think about the insightful point Carl Truman made in his excellent work, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Freedom. And this is his argument and apologies in advance to Dr. Truman if I misrepresent his work, but I don't think I do. Well, the LGBTQ plus movement has bounded together on their desire for equality under the law and in sharing a common victim status, philosophically and ideologically, they are separately, anyway, at odds with each other. At least some of the letters are. Listen to what he says. Yet one does not need critical theory to throw traditional categories into confusion. From the perspective of the narrative of the rise of psychological man, I would argue that the subjectivity inherent in the psychological construction of the self serves to render any biologically grounded categories, indeed any fixed categories, whether economic, racial or whatever, to be highly unstable. If I am whoever I think I am, and if my inward sense of psychological well-being is my only moral imperative, then the imposition of external, prior or static categories is nothing other than an act of imperialism, an attempt to restrict my freedom or to make me inauthentic. Nietzsche saw this in the 19th century. At the same time, Karl Marx and Charles Darwin were also stripping nature of its given metaphysical authority. In this context, transgenderism is merely the latest iteration of self-creation that becomes necessary in the wake of decreation. I hope you caught that line. The subjectivity inherent in the psychological construction of the self serves to render any biologically grounded categories, indeed any fixed categories, whether economic, racial, 
or whatever to be highly unstable. You see, the LGBTQ plus community is facing a catch-22. And Truman, he, he proceeds to share the story of a lesbian couple and the challenge they faced when one partner began to identify as a man. Listen to what he says. When my partner began his gender transition, my lesbian identity had been central to my life and my sense of self for well over a decade, and I didn't know what his transition made me. Some people told me I was obviously still a lesbian, but it was just as obvious to others that I was now straight or bisexual. It wasn't obvious to me at all, and I struggled with it for a long time. Now I've been the partner of a trans man for as long as I was a lesbian, and I've gotten comfortable just not having a name for what I think I am. I think of myself as part of the family of queers and trans people. This is an extraordinarily instructive testimony to the kind of problem faced within the LGBTQ plus community in the wider context of the expressive individualism and the need for recognition noted in chapter one. For this individual to continue to affirm her own identity as a lesbian after her partner's transition requires her to deny the identity of her partner. For her to affirm the identity of her partner after the transition means that she must deny her own, the catch-22 of modern sexual politics. Her resolution to embrace a queer identity essentially involves the repudiation not only of the connection between sex and gender, but even of gender itself as a binary construct. Now here was my aha moment. For this individual to continue to affirm her own identity as a lesbian after her partner's transition requires her to deny the identity of her partner. And for her to affirm the identity of her partner after the transition means that she must deny her own identity. And that's the catch-22 of modern sexual politics. And what my critic fails to see is that his subjective standard for right and wrong will ultimately be his undoing. When psychology trumps objective truth, it must of necessity implode. Why? Well, the final words in the Old Testament book of Judges are apropos. Judges chapter 21, the very last verse says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what seemed right to him. You see, the Israelite king governed under the rule and word of God, objective truth. And apart from that objective truth, everything breaks down. And that is happening in sexual politics today when the prevailing view rests on the psychology of self and expressive individualism driven by emotivism and not checked by any objective truth. Now, interestingly, those who take a binary approach to sex, male and female, which would be heterosexuals and homosexuals and lesbians, will ultimately be threatened by the transgender movement. As Truman rightly asserts, really they'll be threatened less from the movements and more from the prevailing social imaginary that has its roots in the psychology of self, this expressive individualism that's driven by a strong emotivism 
and that denies truth outside itself. I'm not against people, straight, gay, or transgender, but I am for objective truth, truth with a capital T, and that truth has a name, Jesus. It was Jesus who said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And it's finding my identity in him, and not my bank account, or my social status, or my sexual identity, or my marital identity, or my title, or my stuff, that ultimately makes me okay and puts me at rest. Well, suffice it to say that the current Soji politics is facing a catch-22 that can only be resolved by a return to objective truth grounded as it has been for centuries in the transcendent reality of a higher law. And that's my thought on my walk with Carl Truman and his excellent work, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Freedom. And now my question is, what will you do with that thought on your walk through life today? 